turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Like Bob on Facebook at facebook.com slash Live. Welcome again to Bob Bernie Live. I am so glad that you could get acquainted with uh, with Buddy Mullins. He is the real deal. Uh, he really is. And uh, Hope for the World is worthy of our support. Uh, but otherwise, I wouldn't be telling you about them. Next week, we will actually have the official campaign for Hope for the World. That will be our December campaign this year. But I just, I just want you to know, they're the real deal, and they're worthy of your support. Um, I have not been to Albania, but Albania in many, many ways is similar to Moldova. And I've been to Moldova at least 20 different times, and I've been in the orphanages in Moldova. And they will rip your heart out, folks. I'm not kidding you. It's atrocious, the conditions that these kids live in. And Hope for the World is rescuing these children out of these orphanages in the name of Jesus. And uh, not only do they need our help, Hope for the World is a very small ministry. They're not like, and I'm not going to mention the names, but there are several well-known orphan ministries, children's ministries that are international. They're well-known. Everybody knows them, and they have huge fundraising budgets. Hope for the World is a very small ministry focused on these orphanages in Albania, and I that's why it's such a privilege to partner with them. Uh, I am not saying that these big, big, big organizations dealing with children around the world, I am not saying they are not worthy of support or need support. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying Hope for the World does not have that huge platform. Um, so I'm praying that together we can help them a great deal and help a whole bunch of kids in Albania this this Christmas. I, I really do. Again, you can go to the word Columbus.com, click on Hope for the World banner, and you can start giving now. Uh, Joy and I watched a, a, a documentary, I guess it could be called a, a documentary the other night, on uh, the Christmas Carol Silent Night. Uh, many of the things I knew, the origin, Franz Gruber, and uh, I think Mueller was the one who actually wrote the words. Franz Gruber put it to music, and it was sung for the first time on Christmas Eve in Germany. And uh, But there were a lot of things I didn't know about Silent Night. Some of the photography was spectacular. Uh, 
from the uh, the Alps in Germany and Austria and a whole lot of the history and how Silent Night spread around the world and how it became popular. It was a fascinating documentary. It really was. It was a, well, it was two hours. It was a two-hour documentary centered on Silent Night. And so much of it was wonderful. But some of it was just so distressing because... Several, not all, I wouldn't even say most, but several of the artists who were used in the documentary, who sing Silent Night and so forth, they had no clue about the message. It was just a pretty song. It's a haunting melody. It's a, It was really nice, and it's tradition, and blah, blah. They had no clue about who Jesus is. They totally, completely, absolutely missed the message of why Christ came to this earth. And as I watched it, I was encouraged by how God used this one man in Germany to to write a song that has become known internationally in hundreds of languages. and That was so encouraging. And yet I was reminded of how many people celebrate Christmas and have no understanding of the meaning, have no clue. They miss the message of Christmas. It's like um, one of our, uh, no, this isn't a local news story. This is a national news story. This is a story from the Christian Post today, and uh, the headline caught my attention. Ohio Church features 300 nativity scenes at Christmas festival. Well, Ohio, that caught my attention. 300 nativity scenes, that caught my attention. Christmas festival, that caught my attention. And I thought, hmm, I wonder what this is all about. And so I began looking into it, and sure enough, there is a church up in Toledo, Ohio, that has this annual Christmas festival, and they keep building with the number of nativity scenes, and now they're over 300 Nativity scenes, all different sizes and shapes and made out of different materials and different kinds of wood and metal and glass and crystal and so on and so forth. But here's the sad thing. I looked up what the church believes. And they're sponsoring this big annual Christmas festival. And again, this is a a Christian news site, not Ohio, recognizes this Ohio church. But from looking at their website and reading their doctrinal statement and their purpose of their mission statement, they don't have a clue why Jesus came to the earth. And I thought, 
and I hope you don't think I'm being overly critical here. I'm, I'm not trying to be critical, but I'm trying to be honest. What good is a church having a festival with thousands of people attending with 300 nativity scenes if no one is going to hear the gospel or the real reason why that baby is in the manger. If they miss the message of Jesus and the fact that he was born to die because we are sinners and we desperately need to be redeemed, he was born to offer himself as a sacrifice for our sins. What good is 300 nativity scenes if you don't understand and if you don't proclaim what the nativity was really all about? It's worthless. It is a community, cultural, festival with no spiritual application whatsoever. And I was just saddened. Ohio Church features 300 nativity scenes. I, listen, I would much rather have some little country church with one handmade nativity scene that proclaims the gospel of Jesus Christ. Follow Bob on Twitter at twitter.com slash Live. Welcome back to Bob Bernie Live. I, I would imagine that some of you are going, Bob, you're, sometimes you're just so critical. I hope you don't believe that. I don't think I am. But folks, listen. We're, we're talking ultimately about the difference between life and death. We're ultimately, ultimately talking about the difference between heaven and hell. What good does it do to sing wonderful Christmas carols, have Frosty the Snowman in your yard, and not know Jesus as your personal Savior? What good is Christmas if you miss the message of Christmas? Please don't forget, Satan is the great deceiver. He is the father of all lies. And he has, he has a lot of weapons in his arsenal. And when it comes to Christmas, one of the, uh, one of the weapons in his arsenal is to outlaw Christmas. We've seen the Freedom From Religion Foundation fighting mangers here and mangers there. And in the, you know, in the city square, you can't have the baby Jesus and you can't have a, a Christmas tree. And there is that weapon in his arsenal. Let's, uh, let's make Christmas illegal. 
that's not the most potent weapon in his arsenal. I think the devil, and yes, I do believe there is a real devil, I don't believe that the devil really cares about a manger scene and a, and a baby Jesus and a Christmas pageant and a, a Christmas tree, and, and I don't think he minds at all people singing Christmas carols. I don't think he minds that people sing Silent Night, Holy Night, Angels We Have Heard on High. O little town of Bethlehem, O come all ye faithful. I don't think he minds at all when people sing those things as long as they don't understand the message. I don't think he minds that people get religious, more religious around Christmas time, and they they get warm and fuzzy and emotional feelings. I don't think the devil minds that at all. As long as people don't understand why the baby was born of a virgin, why he grew up and lived a perfect life, and why he proclaimed the truth for three and a half years, and why he offered himself as a sacrifice for our sins, and why he ultimately died and was buried, and why he rose again from the grave. If people don't understand those things and understand their personal need to know Jesus as Savior, I don't think the devil minds those things. Oh, he'll divert our attention with the, you know, let's get rid of the manger and let's, uh, you know, let's become woke and let's not have Christmas carols in, in shopping centers and malls because someone might be offended. But I don't think he really minds that. As long as he can keep people from understanding what Christmas is really all about. That the baby was God in the flesh. This is what the concept of the incarnation is all about. God became man. Perfectly God, perfectly man, And he became the spotless, perfect Lamb of God. Now, why did he come to die? Well, two basic reasons. To demonstrate God's love for us. And we usually hear that Christmas is all about love, and and that's true. Jesus came. God became man to demonstrate the Father's love for us, but he also came to satisfy the judgment 
of a holy God because of our sin. The cross, which, by the way, the manger is meaningless without the cross. I think we all understand that the cross is meaningless without the manger. Couldn't have died had he not been born. But the manger is completely meaningless without the full meaning and the message of the cross. And the cross is where the judgment of a holy... (coughs) Pardon me, a holy, righteous God was poured out upon the spotless, sinless Lamb of God to appease God's anger. And today that seems to be a, a foreign concept, that God could be angry. Well, that was that's Old Testament God. What's the difference between the Old Testament God and the New Testament God? The answer, none. Same God. He revealed himself in different ways in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Same God. The Old Testament God was as merciful as the New Testament. The New Testament God was as just as the Old Testament. And the love of God and the justice of God met at Calvary. And the purpose of Christmas was fulfilled and then glorified three days later as he rose from the grave. We have a wonderful opportunity at Christmas season. People, I think, are more open to the gospel at Christmas time than at other times of the year. They're just, they're a little more emotional, they're a little more open. As God gives us opportunity, let's make sure that we tell people it's not just a cute little baby in a manger. It's all about salvation and how people can receive it because of Jesus. Jesus. 